2: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast
0: is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Greetings, programs, and we're back for another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins,
1: and I am not Joey Image, <laughs> but I am Derek Diamond.
0: You were missed last week. How was the trip?
1: Uh, you're lucky I came back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, the the trip was amazing, uh, you know. But I mean, the main point of it was, you know, to go out to the Chinese theater to see the feature, mm-hmm. and that was really cool because like there was actually a pretty decent crowd watching that block of of movies. That's cool. So there was a pretty decent crowd to to watch the movie. They laughed when I hoped they would. <laughs> so I'm like, we must have done something right. Awesome. So how was
0: uh, how was the rest of the trip? I know we got uh, we talked about it on the show. Last week, where you, where you sent us a, a picture of the, the Dole Whip.
1: You know, one does not go to Disney without <laughs> getting a Dole Whip. <laughs> that was one of the first questions. So we went to Disneyland one of the days, and um, not only did they have the regular pineapple Dole Whip, but Samantha got a, a strawberry Dole Whip float, <sighs> which was, I'm not going to lie. That sounds amazing. It's right up there with the pineapple, like if like one A and one B. Wow, I wonder it
0: was, it was so good because you can't find Dole whips at anywhere in the world other than Disney World. I wonder if if you were to go to actually find a McDonald's with a working um, uh, ice cream machine and just get some pineapple juice, mix them together. Would you get a Dole whip out of that? Would, would that work?
1: Have to find a willing McDonald's to see if they'd uh, participate in a social experiment.
0: Yeah, because I would <laughs> love, like, if I could, I would have a Dole Whip right here, just just to sip one, one of the uh, the milk the milkshake style Dole Whips. A Dole Whip every Monday for the podcast. Oh, so good! Man. We would just change our name. We would change our name to the Dole the the Nerd Cave Dole Whip. That's what we would call it. We would change our name.
1: I'd be okay with that. <laughs> just slap, don't change the logo. Just slap on the Dole Whip logo <laughs> over retro <laughs> in like a really poorly photoshopped way.
0: But how was, uh, how was Disney, uh, Disneyland to be precise?
1: Um, It was really cool. I will say there are some things about Disneyland that I like better. One, there's shade. Oh. And two, there's actually quite a few places to sit. Yeah they have avengers campus which was amazing um let's see what else do they have that uh galaxy's edge was exactly the same as the one in orlando which i was a little disappointed by but still you know went went through it and everything they have um they had a little new orleans square modeled after princess and the frog mm-hmm. which disney world doesn't have um so that that was cool we didn't do a ton of rides it was mostly just kind of seeing what was around and enjoying the food, of course. Was
0: it was it true to New Orleans or was it sort of a Disney fied New Orleans? Um it was No bums peeing in the in the gutter or anything
1: like that. Or... No. I'm I'm like this that's what's missing from the New Orleans experience. It's just <laughs> no carjackings <It's> somebody... <laughs> or <laughs> uh not a bunch of drunks around. Yeah. But uh, it was it was an amazing trip and then we got to you know tour the Warner Brothers studio um went to a showing of America's Got Talent on Tuesday. Oh nice. And then went to the uh the festival on Wednesday. So and then we got back um late Thursday. So awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um it was nice having Joey here last week. So huge thank you to Joey for filling yeah, it in. Yeah, absolutely. For Derek Yeah, last great week.
1: great episode too. I listened to it um you know, a couple of days ago. So no, I it was it was really good. But uh before
0: we move on to anything, I wanted to let everybody know um we, we do need to get in a uh, top five for this month. So if you have an an idea for a top five, uh not next week but the week after, please send us all your ideas. We need them. Um because we we I'll have to look back through the uh the Discord and see if there's any ideas in there. From people that we may have missed, but uh, but if you have one, just either you know email it to us or get a hold of us on uh, Twitter or Instagram or you know Facebook wherever, and just say hey, you've never done this top five, and we might do it because we're we're we've done a lot of top fives, we need some ideas.
1: So if it's gonna be two weeks from now, that's that's in October, so we oh. could do some kind of. Horror themed top yeah,
0: five. I, I I didn't know that the next Monday was in October, so we didn't do one for the entirety of September. But that's okay. Yeah. But uh, October, I actually plan on um I'm I'm going to review and I'm going to stream Nightmare on Elm Street for the NES. I can't believe I've oh, cool. never covered that game before because it is it does have the uh, the LJN warning sticker on it. So we'll, we'll see what it's about.
1: Yeah, I still have to decide what I'm going to review for October. I've got a couple of ideas for games I'm going to review later on in the year, but I'll have to I'll have to look through what I've got and then go from there.
0: All right. Well, like I said, go go give us your top five ideas. Yeah. And uh, so we we got some news to get to this evening. You ready to jump into the news? Let's do it. <laughs> usual, if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. And this first one uh, floored me the other day when this dropped. F-Zero returns to the Switch in f 99. This comes from Uh Let's see. f 99, like Super Mario Bros. 35, Pac-Man 99, and Tetris 99. Before it is a Battle Royale game in which you and up to 98 other players race to be the last Captain Falcon standing f 99 will feature all the cards and tracks from the original F-Zero game and is available for free right now on the Nintendo Switch, if you have a Nintendo Switch Online subscription. Um, so have you gotten a chance to play it
1: at all since it's dropped? I, I have not, but I'll be honest, this sounds like a brilliant idea. <laughs> I can't remember if we talked about F-Zero being like that Battle Royale style game, but I love the idea of it. I think so. We I can't talked wait to play it.
0: That before I know we we've floated the idea of Twisted Metal being a battle royale style game, but F Zero, it is insane. If you haven't played it yet, I got through the tutorial uh, uh, races the other night and got to play a couple of actual um, races with actual people, and it is it, just to be on those tracks from it's just. Straight up 16-bit, F-Zero, same tracks, same music, but you're just on that track with 98 other people, and it is pure insanity.
1: I can't wait. Every now and then I like to play a game that's just mass chaos. So th- this sounds like it's going to scratch that itch. And it's got some will.
0: really cool power-ups, too, uh, thrown in there. So I can't wait for you to play it. I'm ready to hear your thoughts on it.
1: Yeah, I'll definitely play it uh, before before the next show. So um, it's, it's a really cool idea, and I'm glad they did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this next story is from Nintendolife.com. This blockbuster VHS mm-hmm. Switch game case will give you a lovely dose of nostalgia. A Blockbuster Switch game case wasn't on our 2023 bingo card, nor mine, Hmm. but Retro Fighters thought the world needed one anyway. And now that we've seen it, we couldn't agree more. The family-based video game accessory developer teased this brand new Switch game case, which is officially licensed by the Video Rental Store last week on YouTube. But today you can check out the case on the Retro Fighters website. So if you don't know what it looks like, because there's probably some of our audience that does not um it's a white cover that has the blockbuster logo which is like a a blue movie ticket with the the corner scratched off and it it looks like a a vhs case and i think this is really cool it's only 20 bucks i think i'm, I'm going to one. get one <laughs> <That's> <laughs> i think so we have to cool. get one it's so cool
0: yeah it says uh, i mean if you've ever been to blockbuster you know what it looks like it's the clamshell case it says on the side uh movie rental vhs cassette you open it up and there is uh there's a vhs cassette that goes with it that opens up and that's where you put all your games on the inside it's like i
1: just i have to have this I mean, 20 bucks, it's going to come out the 15th of November. That's just under two months from now. I, I, think, I think we have to do it.
0: This is a, a Christmas present to myself, is what this yeah. is.
1: 20 bucks. I'm, I'm right there
0: with you. You can't beat that. 20 bucks for this. <laughs> And from the next story is from bloodydisgusting.com. And uh, uh, I Am The Rampage sent this to me in the email today, but I already had it in the docket. So I'll, but I'll give him credit, though. Uh, this comes from I Am The Rampage from bloodydisgusting.com. Konami returns to, to Contra series with Contra Operation Galuga for the Switch in 2024. Konami is trying once again with the Contra series and a reimagining of the one that started it all. Operation Galuga was revealed during the Nintendo Direct and is set to arrive on the Nintendo Switch in early 2024. Pre-orders are available now via the Nintendo eShop. Developed by WayForward, uh let's see, is described as a thorough reimagining of the 1987 classic. It will feature modern graphics and sound, new stages, new enemies and bosses, new play mechanics. Updated weapon system and two-player co-op action and story mode and four-player co-op and arcade mode. Um, let's see, Rogue Core was released back in 2019 for PC via Steam, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. So, what do you think about the new new Contra game hitting the, hitting it looks, the shelves?
1: It looks really cool. I, I I'm not gonna lie. I was expecting the graphics to look a little more animated, mm-hmm. which I I think. We've gotten kind of used to that with that almost like not cell shaded, but kind of like an older school animation look. So I thought this might have that, but it looks, I won't say realistic, but it has a more realistic kind of feel to it. I'm excited for it. You know, I've I've played Contra, but not too in depth. So I I might end up picking this up when it comes out.
0: This might be a cool game to pick up in uh, for streaming because I I love the original Contra. It's one of my favorite games for the NES. So to have a complete reimagining of it with newer graphics, I'm going to get this because I want to send a message to Konami to stop making uh, pachinko machines and start making games again.
1: And it's what we've been telling people. like If you want these companies to make more games... You gotta buy what they're putting out, because mm-hmm. that'll inspire them to make more. <laughs> and Joey in the, is in the chat room. He
0: says, new contract, guess I'll have to keep my Switch then. Yep. Well, yeah, I mean, you need to keep the Switch, because the Switch is awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I saw a, uh, <laughs> a, a friend of the show was stirring the pot on yeah. social media earlier today. <laughs> hey,
0: put up a little message today. I know it was aimed at me over Mortal Kombat. Uh, as soon as I read it, I'm like,
1: oh, boy. Usually it's after we do the show yeah. that this comes out. Uh, so,
0: yeah. I, he's always making fun of the Switch, but you know what? It's my favorite console, and let me have it. Let me have my favorite console. It's my favorite console, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. So, Yeah!
1: Yeah! <laughs> Next up from thegamer.com, Sonic Frontiers is almost half price on Amazon ahead of its Final Horizon DLC. Uh, 3D Sonic games have been treading water for a while. In fact, you might argue that they had dipped below the surface and the blue blur was desperately looking for a bubble while the ominous countdown music from the original games played. I would say that that's accurate. So, of course, you know Sonic Frontiers comes out. It's well-reviewed. I actually really like the game. Uh, There's going to be DLC coming out called The Final Horizon, which is an extended story mode from that game. And uh, the the game has dipped uh, to currently $32 on Amazon, which is basically half off. I think this is really smart by Sega to do because it's going to try to get people to buy, that haven't bought the game, to buy it before the new DLC comes out.
0: Yeah, and I'm like I've never played this game, so I don't know much about it. So this might be something I, not, I might need to pick up like, to get back into Sonic. But you have played this, correct? Mm-hmm. And you enjoy it, it.
1: I I personally liked it. I know our our friend Rampage uh, did did not, <laughs> but um, it, it's it's very different. It's an open world Sonic game, which I thought would never work, mm-hmm. but it did. And I actually think it has one of the better stories of any of the Sonic games that have come out. So I'm really excited for the uh, the Final Horizon DLC, which I believe comes out later this month. Uh, yeah, I was looking through the article here. It didn't say when it drops. Let's see. Frontiers, the Final Horizon. It comes out September 28th. No, that's like a week from now. Ten days. supposed to have an additional story and you can play as more characters other than sonic so cool it should be fun
0: awesome uh and this last story is uh from ign.com this is all the nintendo direct stuff that dropped uh the other day let's see Uh, of course they announced paper mario the thousand year door hd announced um do we have a date for that yet i know it's coming out soon it comes out
1: next year. The The trailer just said 2024. Yeah,
0: I think it comes out um, early next year. That's,
1: that's what I'm hoping for. I, I love Paper Mario, mm-hmm. the Thousand-Year Door. I actually thought about that's one of the games that would be on my list to review by the end of the year, mm-hmm. but uh, I may wait until around the time that the, the remake comes out as a nice little tie-in.
0: There's a Mario versus Donkey Kong remake coming to Nintendo, uh, the Switch February 16th of 2024. Uh, let's see. Of course F zero ninety nine dropped. Princess Peach Showtime gets March release date. Uh let's see is uh what? I didn't see anything about this. What is Princess Peach Showtime?
1: it's basically like a Mario game where you play as Peach.
0: Oh, all right. Does she get does she yeah. float like in
1: uh Super Mario Bros. Two? I- I'm not sure. I know she gets different outfits because there was one of her in a pirate outfit where she has a sword and everything, and it, yeah, it comes out March 22nd. I'm cool. on the fence about it. It looks kind of interesting, and I'll probably end up playing it at some point just because it is a Mario game. Is
0: this the first game but, Princess
1: Peach has ever had like on her own? She, I, The game might have been called Super Princess Peach, but there is one. I think it came out for the DS or the Game Boy Advance where she has to rescue Mario. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I, know, yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, I never played it, but I, I like the idea of it. Uh, let's see. Tomb Raider
0: 1, 2, and 3 remasters announced. Um, let's see. It'll be out February 14th of 2024. Luigi's Mansion 2 HD out next summer. Uh, Splatoon 3's side order gets new gameplay trailer in spring 2024 release window. Uh, let's see, Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown it was announced. Uh, Super Mario RPG remake, uh, the new trailer dropped. I'm excited about that because I want to play that. Uh, Can't wait. See, Trombone Champ is coming to Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs> Dave the Diver uh, is coming to Switch next month. I'm interested in playing this because I've heard other people, uh, other podcasts, actually uh, Scott Johnson who's been on the show before, talks about this game a lot. And uh, I watched him play it a little bit on YouTube a couple of weeks back, and it looks really fun. It's like a bunch of kind of different uh, gameplay things you got to do. Like you're a sushi chef, but you also have to go catch the fish for your restaurant. And the more fish you catch, like the, the better the fish you catch, the better your sushi, the more money you can make. It's like a whole like... Money making thing like it's uh, it's a weird kind of little RPG type of game, and I'm really looking forward to kind of playing it.
1: That actually sounds really interesting. I'll have to watch the trailer for it. Yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, Mario
0: uh, Wave Six of Mario Kart Eight Deluxe's Booster Course Pass comes out soon. Uh, Detective Pikachu gets a new cinematic. Return uh, Detective Pikachu Returns gets new uh, cinematic trailer. Uh, let's see, there's Amiibo updates for Tears of the Kingdom, Smash Ultimate, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Rise and Chase 2 is available on Nintendo Switch now. Uh, and a bunch of other indie looking stuff on here. There's a uh, let's see, Mar- WarioWare Move It got a new trailer that it's coming out in November. So there was a, this was a pretty productive Nintendo Direct.
1: Yeah, everything between indie and you know your your major titles. I I, I was a little worried about what Nintendo was going to do for the immediate future, and I know some of this is into next year, but we'll get something like Mario RPG. A lot of people are really excited about that game being remade. The trailers both look really good. That's only two months from now. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dave the Diver seems interesting. We've got Paper Mario Thousand Year Door remake to look forward to. Um I'm surprised about uh Tomb Raider 1 2 and 3. Yeah. Getting to be on the Switch too.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I th- I thought they already did a uh, remaster of Tomb Raider 1 2 and 3 not too long ago.
1: They may have, but not for the Switch. Yeah. Uh, but that's So that'll be February. that'll be cool to. Yeah. That'll be cool to play.
0: Um but uh, it, it, we talked about, you know, is Nintendo going to announce a new uh, Super Switch or whatever their next console is because we're due for a new console, but they seem to have no sense of slowing down for the sw- stuff coming out for the Switch. So, I we may not see a new Nintendo console till 2025 with with this much stuff coming out,
1: yeah, or maybe the end of 2024, maybe to capitalize on the holidays, and maybe this is like the last big push of the switch because i know rumors have started to heat up about nintendo's next console my thing with nintendo is they play things so close to the vest that we're not gonna know until they're ready for us to know
0: usually by now we would have gotten some sort of leak or something
1: maybe we'll get something early 2024 We'll get an announcement, or maybe around the holidays this year.
0: I mean, not that I'm the- I'm itching to buy it, have a, have to buy a new
1: console, but you know, it's we know it's coming.
0: It's just when.
1: The one thing I can say for sure about Nintendo is nothing's for sure. <laughs>
0: yep, one hundred percent. But uh, now it is time for this month in video game history. <laughs> On September twentieth of nineteen eighty-four, Elite, an influential wireframe three D space trading game offering a then unique open-ended design is published by Acornsoft. I do not remember Elite.
1: My first thought whenever I found this, I was like, this better be a good game if it's gonna be called Elite. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're 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 kind of setting yourself up for some some high expectations. I mean it it looks like your your typical like, shooter-type game or simulation game from around that time.
0: Yeah, it sort of looks almost like uh, Star Wars, the arcade game. Yep. So that's that's the first thing that popped in my head as soon as I saw this.
1: September 5th of 1988, Hudson Soft releases Adventure Island for the NES in North America, a game you very recently reviewed. Yes, love that game. Uh, For some reason, I keep wanting to go back and play it. That's when you know you've reviewed a good game. Yeah. When you want to keep going back and playing it's it. It's just
0: so it's so long. It's like, oh my God, I'm never going to finish that game, ever.
1: Speaking of long games, wait till you get to my review tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: September of 1991, Namco releases Starblade for arcades, featuring one of the earliest instances of real-time 3D graphics and video games. Do I remember Starblade? I do not, but I remember us talking about the actual... Uh, not console. What was it? Uh, the cabinet itself. Yeah, a couple of years ago, it looks. It very much reminds me. It looks like a Tie Fighter.
1: It does a little bit. It has it's a very cooler Star cabinets. Wars
0: quality to it.
1: And and I like when games like this they go all out with the cabinet because that's. It's a way to get people to put quarters in the machine because it's not a traditional looking cabinet. You're like, oh, this mm-hmm. actually looks kind of like a spaceship. Yeah. I want to sit in it. Oh, it's a game. Sure, I'll put in twenty-five cents. The screenshots
0: look pretty cool. I wonder why this never got released on like a home console. Oh, wait, it did. Let's see. Uh, it was released for the 3DO <laughs>
1: and what? Sega. CD Oh, the PlayStation
0: and PlayStation. This might have to be a review.
1: Yeah, and um, a mobile device if you prefer that.
0: A mobile device. Which one?
1: Yeah, it says mobile phone next to PlayStation. Oh, <laughs> which which mobile phone
0: does it say? Uh, uh, it like a, it does not. Let me. I I'm curious a, about this now.
1: A Nokia. <laughs> uh the old Nextel flip phone. Yeah. Uh, September 29th of 1996, Nintendo releases Pilot Wings 64 for the Nintendo 64. One of two launch games for the console. That would be a great trivia question. What was the other game that launched mm. for the N64, not named Super Mario 64?
0: You know, for as much as they uh, as they pushed Pilot Wings, especially when the Super Nintendo launched. Um, I don't know if you remember that, you know, you were, you were what, like five when the super Nintendo released, but man, like the, the lead up to the, the super Nintendo releasing, like uh, pilot wings was everywhere. Like that was like, Holy crap. Look at, you know, they, they would always show like the mode seven, you know, stuff that the super Nintendo could do, but I've never played any of the pilot wings games ever.
1: And I've never really had a desire to, honestly. Me neither. What I remember about this game specifically, you know, I mentioned a long time ago on the show that I would get these VHS tapes in the mail from Nintendo Power. I got one for Donkey Kong Country. They had one for the, the N64 launch. And it had highlights from Mario 64, uh, this game, and I think Wave Racer. Hmm. For the 64 as well, and that's when I see Pilot Wing 64. I can still remember watching the highlights on that VHS tape, but I'm like, I'll just play Mario.
0: Yeah, Wave Racer <laughs> was a great game, though.
1: No, Wave Racer is a fun game, but like at that time, it was just it was all about Mario 64. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, let's see, last one, September 12th, 2003, Rare and THQ release Banjo Kazooie: Grunty's Revenge for the Game Boy Advance in North America.
1: Yeah, this is a game that I plan on reviewing by the end of the year. I was going to ask that if
0: you were going to review this, because I don't remember this at
1: all. It, no one ever really talks about this game, but it, it it's a sequel to Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie, yet yeah, it's a little different because it's on a handheld, but it's not such a... uh huge departure like nuts and bolts was for the 360 yeah i can't believe this game is 20 years old i remember playing it when it came out but it didn't stick with me like the other two did so i'm gonna be curious i'm gonna look for a copy because me i still have my game boy advance sp so i'll have to see if one of the retro stores here in town has it and i i'd love to to play it again because i i don't remember disliking it I just don't remember that much about it. I know there was time travel involved in the story. Hmm. But that's really about it.
0: Yeah, if you reviewed this it would be my my first ever <laughs> like look at the game because I don't remember it. I, I don't really I don't even remember any advertisements for this or anything. Like this is new I don't to think
1: me. there really was any. Really. Not like there was for uh Banjo-Kazooie and Tooie. That's a shame. I know. But before we go into our review for tonight, Derek, would you like to do our Patreon shout outs? Absolutely. We want to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. We want to shout out James, a.k.a. Jimbo Jr. on Discord, Travis Martin, Raven, Danny House, Justin Nispel, John West, Daniel Salmon, Mr. B-Res Coffee himself, Mike Eveland, Tyler Watson. X-Blade 07, Armez Jackson, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. I am the Rampage. Rampage! Rampage! Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Joey Image, and of course, Mama, Mama Diamond. Diamond herself. <laughs> As you said, <laughs> Mama Diamond. Oh, and Joey, if you're still watching, I thought you did really good with the Rampage intro. Oh, yeah. I know you, you, <laughs> you did it Michael Buffer style, so I thought it was good. Uh, but yeah, if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community for as little as a dollar a month, you get your own RSS feed with ad free episodes. Mm-hmm. Ad free. You know how you listen to shows and you've got, you know, I mean, yeah, you got to have the ads to help pay the bills and everything. But if you want to just send over just a simple dollar, mm-hmm. you get ad free editions of the podcast. You also get early access to our monthly commentary tracks. Like Batman: The Animated Series, X Men, live action movies like um, Batman '89, Christmas Vacation. We've also done Transformers: The Movie. the The list is near endless, and I know we're coming up on the end of September, yeah, so we got to figure out what we're going to do for our uh, for our next commentary. <laughs> we haven't even talked about what we're do. no, we, we haven't figure that this out. This month has gotten away from
0: I me. No, it's crazy. Like it feels like every time I look at the calendar, I think it's like September second. But it's like, oh my God, what is today? Is oh it's the eighteenth.
1: Great. Yeah, Yeah. Th- this month has totally gotten away from me, but we'll we'll figure it out. Uh but yeah, if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, uh head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And for new patrons, be sure to send us your social media info, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout.
0: Out. Hey Derek, have you heard the news? What news? We officially have our very own line of coffee at brescoffeeco.com.
1: That's right, Nerd Cave Retro now has its very own medium roast coffee.
0: If you want to try it yourself, or even some of the other awesome flavors like Wizard's Potion, which is a butterscotch, caramel, and hazelnut flavored roast.
1: Or the Dragon's Breath Roast, which is a cinnamon dolce flavored roast.
0: They have tons of different flavors, and you can also just get a regular Colombian roast and add any flavor to it that you want.
1: They even keep their seasonal roasts all year round. If you need that boost to get you through those all-night gaming sessions, then head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the promo code NCR for 10% off your order.
0: And tonight, Derek is going to be talking about...
1: Feel like I should be standing on top of a cliff, just overlooking like a vast, like on top of the Great Plateau in Breath of the Wild. You're just yeah. overlooking Hyrule, like you're about to go off on a big adventure.
0: One hundred percent. I actually, I was not impressed with the music when I went to go look for a track. Like it just doesn't sound smooth, like most Super Nintendo uh, music does.
1: Oh, we'll we'll get to that. Okay. In a little bit <laughs> i'm figured okay we'll so go. so uh this week i'm going to be talking about soul blazer which was is an action role playing video game developed by quintet and published by Enix for the super nintendo entertainment system it was released in japan in 1992 and north america but not released until europe or in europe until 1994 so this is a game that has been on my list for quite a while because its spiritual success or spiritual sequel, Illusion of Gaia, is one of my favorite games for the Super Nintendo. One of the first games I reviewed for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea back then that it was part of like a loose trilogy between that game, Soul Blazer, and its sequel, Terra Enigma. It's unofficially called the um, Heaven and Earth trilogy. Because I think Terra Enigma translates to of Heaven and Earth in Japan, hmm. but the games don't really have much connection other than like some very subtle type of things and i I picked up on that immediately when I played this game because when you're like having a conversation with a character or you have dialogue pop up on the screen, it's the exact same text that was used in Illusion of Gaia, the same noise. Hmm comes over your screen whenever the text is, you know, kind of appearing in the little text box. So they
0: just basically copy and pasted a lot of stuff
1: <laughs> basically. But and um you also collect these things called gems, which you also collect in Illusion of Gaia. It's just the color is different, but whenever you pick them up, it makes the exact same sound effect. Mm. <laughs> when you kill an enemy, they explode like they do in Illusion of Gaia, exact same sound effect. Wow. And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> should I think less of Illusion of Gaia, or should I think less of this game? Because I, even though Illusion of Gaia is technically a sequel, I'm playing this one second. So, it so kind of messed Gaia with me a little bit. Is,
0: is part two of the trilogy? Correct.
1: The trilogy that has really no connection, other than some very subtle things. So... The one connection is if you're if you have the Wikipedia page pulled up, mm-hmm. you'll see under the gameplay there's the hero fighting the first boss character from the game. Yeah. So that boss is a hidden boss in Illusion of Gaia. If you collect all fifty of these like red orbs, you get to play a bonus level, and then at the end you fight that boss. Okay. And it mentions the character in this game in you can name the character in soul blazer, whatever you want, but in illusion of Gaia, he's called blazer. Hmm. So that's really the only type of connection other than borrowing some sound effects and environments and things like that. But as far as the story of this game, I think it's interesting, but I felt like it was kind of shallow in the sense that you play as it's not really referenced. If you're like an angel or a deity that you're sent to earth by the master aka god is mm. how i took it as um because the the world has been corrupted um by this evil uh, d- entity called death toll that has been like unleashed on the world so what you have to do is you go into these different areas and you fight um pods of enemies and whenever you defeat that specific pod and you destroy it it revives a part of whatever town you're in at the time and it can be anything from you know this whole um like shop is rematerialized or no lie a pod will revitalize a goat (laughs) okay (laughs) just like you you have to do it piece by piece and Hmm. then what got frustrating is that so? Like the first area you're in, you're in this underground cave that's like a system of different tunnels. And you're above this, what was a like mountainside town that's been, you know, depleted by these enemies. When you get partially through the tunnel, you get to an area that you can't get past. But one of the townspeople has the ability to help you. So then you have to travel out of the cave go back to the town, talk to the person, and then you have to do a couple of different objectives to be able to, like, get a piece of machinery working. Then you have to go back into the tunnel. And then you eventually, you know, you you fight your boss, and um, whenever you fight the boss and defeat them of that area, it um, revives their, like, mayor or leader, or whatever the case may be, and they kind of give you instructions on where to go next. Mm. And then you repeat the process throughout the whole game so like it's not bad like the gameplay is fun it's simple enough it plays almost exactly like illusion of gaia it's kind of a hack and slash type of deal and you get upgraded weapons throughout the game too you also can use magic i mean at the beginning of the game you um, encounter the spirit of like an ancient wizard and they fly around you almost like navi and ocarina of time yeah and um, he can use different spells um, that you can get you know, upgrades to throughout the game. So that, that part was interesting. It just... It didn't hit me like I hoped it would. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I love these type of games. Other than platformers, they're my favorite types of games to play for the Super Nintendo. Those RPGs that yeah. have good stories, that have solid gameplay. And I felt like... This sort of had that, but it was like a rough draft, yeah. almost.
0: So it was so, more, more of like an action RPG than like a full-on RPG? Because I, yeah. you know, I think of things like, you know, there's so many RPGs on the Super Nintendo. And, you know, games like this and Illusion of Gaia, I kind of figure are more like the Zelda type of action RPG instead of the, you know, the more of the JRPG style, which is what the final fantasies were, where you could really kind of get down into, uh, micromanaging, like all your spells and stuff like that. But uh, cause I would never, I still to this day have not played, you know, illusion of Gaia or anything like that for the super Nintendo. And would this be one to, for me to, to jump in and play? Since it's the first of that trilogy, or should I just skip it and go on to Illusion of Gaia?
1: I would just go to Illusion of Gaia because even though the the games are made by the same company, they don't really connect yeah. story wise. Like they, I went down a um, I went down an Enix rabbit hole the other day, like after I got back from LA, because I, I was curious about this game and its connections to Illusion of Gaia. And then I was reading about all these different fan theories and whatnot that, you know, the character Will, who is the protagonist in Illusion of Gaia, people are saying, oh, well, he's the reincarnation of the hero in Soul Blazer. <laughs> but there's really no, like, valid proof of that. Yeah. So I I don't really look at them as being connected in a way. They just happen to have similar playing styles, and they're made by the same company. You are right that they're more like that action RPG like your your Zelda's, your Secret of Mana's, mm-hmm. but you do have the element of spells that you can use. So maybe it borrows an element or two from you know what we think of like your your Final Fantasies or your turn-based RPGs, but yeah, it really plays more like a like a Link to the Past in a way.
0: See, cuz I thought Secret of Mana and Illusion of Gaia were in the same universe.
1: That would make just as much sense.
0: (laughs) So they're connected like the way John Carpenter movies are connected. Like just very, that's an excellent comparison. Very thin tendrils connecting those movies together.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's a great comparison. And I, we mentioned the, the music. There are some of the, the tracks that I like, but none are really that memorable that are going to stick with you. Like, like, with illusion of Gaia, like I can still play most of the musical tracks in my head, and they sound you know, a lot smoother and not as like. Because I had the same reaction you did when I heard the, especially the the opening. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it sounds cool, but it's very it just needs to be. It needs to be polished. Yeah, like it. it it's not very pleasing to the ears.
0: Yeah, that's what. Because that's what uh, when I first started playing, I was like, man, this is like very like almost angry (laughs) sounding like it because it doesn't have that Super Nintendo smoothness to it. Like you go back and listen to a lot of the music on the Super Nintendo. It's that sound chip in the Super Nintendo is so much. I hate to say this because I love the Sega Genesis, but it it outshines the Sega Genesis. I mean, the Genesis does good on a lot of stuff. You know, it's some, sometimes some of the music is better on the Sega Genesis, but nine times out of ten, the Super Nintendo beats the the Sega Genesis when it comes to music. Like, I associate more harsh music like that with the Sega Genesis than I do with the Super Nintendo.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't disagree with that. And there's a reason that, you know, that style of music is still used today. Yeah. Because it holds up. Like... I think those tracks, especially from like Super Mario World and Link to the Past, those soundtracks still hold up to this day mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and this is but unfortunately, this is not one of them, and i I don't wanna I feel like I've been saying more bad than good about the game, and I don't dislike it like I enjoyed playing it. I just don't like the constant backtracking when you don't really have shortcuts to yeah. take like you've got a it's too much of a chore no fast travel it. <laughs> no fast travel and i i just it felt like more of a chore to accomplish the tasks than having fun and the the story didn't suck me in because like with illusion of gaia it actually has a pretty deep storyline and it's got you know impending doom it's got romance it's got drama it's got you know a little bit of comedy in it but th- this is just very you know hey you've got to you know go down to earth and save it have fun
0: yeah rampage so, in the chat says when is the show finally going to change its name to nintendo cave retro we have <laughs> never shied away from the fact that this is a nintendo centric podcast it's even in the 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 bio for the show so <laughs> like what are you what are you talking about if we, if this was the Sega show we would we would call it Sega Genesis Hour or whatever
1: the Sega show does kind of roll off the tongue it though it
0: does maybe we should start the the Sega show <laughs>
1: <laughs> if we did that then i would vote to change the show's name to Nintendo K <laughs> Retro. cuz hey i'd I did not
0: have a Sega Genesis when I was a kid. I had a Nintendo and a Super Nintendo. That's what I grew up with. So that's where my uh, expert, no, I wouldn't say expertise, but that's where my, my nostalgia lies is with the, the Nintendo side of things.
1: And correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like over the last few months, I've reviewed just as many like Sega titles than I have Nintendo. Hey,
0: I've done a lot of Sega titles too. And some TurboGrafx-16 stuff. (laughs) Chuck in the chat room. Sega forever. (laughs) Hey, I like Sega. I like playing Sega games. I really love my Sega Genesis Mini. It's awesome. Uh, I just, you know, didn't grow up with it. So I don't have the same attachment to it that other people do.
1: I mean, one of the purposes of this show is to relive our childhood by talking about these old games. And yet part of it is playing ones that we missed out on. But we're both, we grew up Nintendo kids. yeah. So that's
0: going to be more of our focus. Especially when it comes to games like this. Like, I remember seeing this box in the stores all the time. Like, you know, Kmart when I was a kid. But it was just one of those games that, like, I just never would pull the trigger on buying or renting. And for no reason that I can really think of, like, I rented a lot of stuff. Back then, especially in the Super Nintendo era, you know, I was going to high school by the time the Super Nintendo came out, I was playing drums, so I didn't have a whole lot of money to spend on buying games, so it was just a lot of rentals, but this was definitely one that just, I probably picked up the box here and there and be like, this looks cool to play, but then just never pulled the trigger on renting it.
1: This is also a game that hasn't ever been put out on, you know, any of the Nintendo's virtual consoles or anything like that. Yeah. I don't think Illusion of Gaia was either. It may have been on the Wii virtual console. Uh see, so yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at Illusion of Gaia. It doesn't mention anything about it being re-released. So and if these two weren't, I know Terra Enigma wasn't. So Yes, yeah, so as
0: for this one, the game has never been re released in any form other than the Super Nintendo.
1: Which I don't understand. Like, you, you would think that they would release more of those RPGs from that era because there's, it's not like there's a shortage of them.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, they could easily... See, this, could, this should be one of those games that they drop on the, the Super Nintendo online. Like, why is this not there? This should be one of those games that they just
1: put on there, but <laughs> probably never will. I don't know if it's a licensing thing or what their reason would be.
0: Yeah, because this is before Square and Enix, you know, combined to become Square Enix. So when it comes to games like this, like, where do the rights, I mean, did, did it automatically go to the new company that is Square Enix? Like, what, I don't understand, like, what happens to rights when things like that happen.
1: It'd be interesting to do some research on that because I'm legitimately curious. And uh, from what I was reading, you know, when I was doing all the research for this, Terra Enigma is regarded as the best of the three games. Hmm. So uh, it might be one that I look into and review before the end of the year.
0: Oh, that's a cool cover. Never, I've never even seen this game before. Uh,
1: yeah, I've see. I've looked at it and I've looked at some gameplay, and it it seems like a lot of fun. So that, yeah, you know, this came out in 95. So. Uh, it says
0: a petition by the game's Japanese fan base, backed by artist Kamui Fujiwara and co composer Miyoko Takaoka, began in July 2021 to either re release or remaster Terra Enigma. Uh, the fan effort renewed speculation on the status of the rights to Quintet's games. According to Fujiwara, Quintet president Tomoyoshi Yoshi. Miyazaki had disappeared. To his knowledge, he speculated this was why the rights to republish the game were complicated. That Miyazaki was not available for contact. Hmm. So if he we- is part of the other games as well for that whole quintilogy or whatever that that uh, those games, if he's no longer around to be contacted. What happens to the rights to those games? Like, where did the rights go? What happens?
1: We need a documentary.
0: We need to figure this out. (laughs) Somebody, Chuck, (laughs) go to Japan, (laughs) figure this out for us.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because I want to play Illusion of Gaia again.
0: Yeah. So that's weird. I I never would have thought about that. Because a lot of these games did have one, like the person who actually came up with the games owns the rights as well. And if they're yeah. missing or haven't been heard from in years, like what happens? How do you how do you re-release that kind of stuff?
1: But I'm just as curious as to what happened to it.
0: Yeah, that's kind of spooky.
1: I know. Uh, but as far as the reception of the game goes, Quintet reported that Soul Blazer sold 200,000 copies in Japan, 70,000 in North America, and 25,000 in Europe, adding up to... Uh, Just under 300,000, the exact number's 295, sold worldwide. Famitsu gave uh, the game 32 out of 30. Game Informer reviewed it in 92, with its three reviewers scoring it an 8.5, 8.75, and 8.5 out of 10. Nintendo Power gave it a 3.9 out of 5. Game Fan, 187 out of 200. And Electronic Gaming Monthly gave it a 33 out of 40. You know,
0: 295,000 copies worldwide sold doesn't seem like a lot.
1: No, especially when we're in the age of inflated numbers. Yeah. As far as just like things being sold astronomically. I mean,
0: even for back then. It doesn't sound like a lot. It doesn't sound like a lot at all.
1: No, it, it really doesn't. And that's, I don't know if that maybe plays a hand in it. But I don't think, you know, if, if they get all the rights issues figured out, it wouldn't be that hard to put these three games out there. Because I'm yeah. sure they have a following. You know, I've I've seen, you know, Illusion of Gaia fan pages and the music tracks on YouTube. They get lots of comments, mm-hmm. you know, so the, the fan base is out there. But for me, I don't want to give this game too low of a score because it's really not bad i just feel like it needed a little more polishing yeah and it needed a, something a little deeper like i i hate to keep comparing it to illusion of gaia but the cool thing about that game is you felt like you were traveling the world like you you were but it felt big it felt like you were on a big adventure this doesn't really and you just have just this kind of simple task to do, and yeah, you get to upgrade your weapons and your spells, which is cool and all. But I just felt like I was kind of in Groundhog Day. Yeah. Through playing this game, so I would give this a six and a half out of ten.
0: Yeah, eh, this seems about average from what you yeah. you, you said about it, and I, I'm looking on eBay uh, to see what what they're going for. Uh the very first one that pops up is just the cart itself and it's a hundred and eight dollars and eighty-eight cents buy it now. No way. Uh there's another I, one over here. Either. Uh I don't think it's in good a condition, but it's forty nine ninety nine buy it now. That's the cheapest one I see. Uh if you're gonna go <clears throat> even complete in box, rare and near mint condition, three hundred bucks. Uh zero bids. So, I yeah, don't Yeah, that's
1: even the, I just don't have that money.
0: Yeah, the even the further further down I go, it looks like it uh, just an average it averages just a loose cart averages about
1: $125. I want to say the the retro gaming store here in town, I remember seeing a copy and I think it was right around the hundred dollar mark yeah i, I don't know actually, if it was up to 125 but i know it was in triple digits i went to the local uh play and talk here a couple uh, about a week or two about two weeks
0: ago three weeks ago um, and they had a complete inbox batman for the nes and it was like 95 bucks or something like that like 85 90 bucks somewhere around there i was so tempted to get it just because i just want it you know, it's like one of the few games left that I don't have that's complete in box, and I just right. wanted it. But I was like, I can't. I just can't justify those purchases anymore. You know, like throwing ninety dollars down on something that I basically already have, just so I can you know not show it to anybody because <laughs> nobody ever comes in my house. You know, like what what am I doing here?
1: But it would make a great display item. For the Nerd Cave Retro, it would podcast. look so
0: nice, like right back <laughs> here on the wall somewhere. Ugh, yeah, damn it.
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, those are my thoughts on Soul Blazer. I, I'm glad I finally got to play it though. You know, it's been one I've wanted to try for a while.
0: Uh, as far as next week, I have no idea what I'm gonna be reviewing next week. Um, as I, I was playing G.I. Joe and then. Uh, you were coming in with Soul Blazer, and I'm like, I don't even know what to do. So this week, I'll figure out what I'm going to be reviewing for next week. It'll be a surprise for everybody. Okay. I do like surprises. But uh but that brings us to the end of the episode. Derek, please tell everybody what happened on the Derek Diamond Experience. It just dropped today.
1: So... It- us being podcasters and you hosting an interview based podcast you know we we all have that mental list of dream guests that we want to have on our shows and i got to cross one of those names off the list i got to chat with kevin eastman who was one of the creators of the teenage mutant ninja turtles uh dating like literally one of the two people who created that property so i was trying so hard not to just geek out Rampage when that said happened
0: in the chat room great interview Derek. yes oh did a thank r- you really good job with that even though you only had 10 minutes that was a fantastic interview
1: 10 minutes with kevin eastman is better than zero minutes yes with kevin eastman <laughs> and uh but yeah in, you guys know how much we love ninja turtles i mean we've covered it multiple times on this show on my show if you're a fan of ninja turtles i would highly recommend checking it out he was a delight to talk to and it was one of those interviews that like as soon as it was over like my body was just like uh, i just like (laughs) felt this you know feeling of satisfaction yeah so go check that out um it's at linktree.com slash d diamond podcast if you want to subscribe to the audio feed to the youtube channel or to social media
0: and uh last week on open micers we had legendary comedian steve byrne On the show, and if if you don't know who Steve Byrne is, yes, you do. He's been on everything. He's been—he's got like a ton of specials out. He's been on the Tonight Show like a dozen times. He's been everywhere. And he was on the show, and it's funny because uh, Jacob was like a scared little puppy <laughs> trying to talk to Steve Byrne. I felt like, yeah, like I had to keep kicking him to, to talk to Steve, like, dude, you gotta talk, like, do, <laughs> do an interview here. But it was a great episode. I put some really funny clips up on uh, TikTok and uh, YouTube. Uh, if you haven't seen those, did you get a chance to listen to it, Derek?
1: I did, yeah. I think it's one of the best shows that you guys have done because I I put like your interviews and your hostful episodes in like two different categories. Yeah, I think this is one of the best interviews that you guys did.
0: Oh, it was fantastic, and yeah, then,
1: it was it it was really fun to listen to.
0: It was it was the the way I feel like this episode was in two parts. The first part was just kind of like just getting to know Steve and ask him about like his uh, you know his his. his, his origins, basically, because he's got a really good movie out called the opening act, which if you haven't seen it, uh, you can go rent it on YouTube, wherever it's like $2 to rent. It's an excellent, if you're at all interested in comedy or entertainment industry whatsoever, go check it out. It's a really good movie. And, um, I forgot where I was going with that, but the, Oh yeah. The second half of the interview is when we, I felt like the ice broke. And then we could get into just talking about the comedy and just being funny. And he talks about how he ripped his pants and how he uh, pooped himself in a, a, a hotel room and left his underwear near a Pepsi machine in the hall. It's like you just you have to go listen to the episode. It was excellent. One of our best episodes of all time at Open Micers on Twitter, Instagram, and openmicers.com. dot com. So go, please check out that episode. I'm so proud of it, and um, uh, it's like we can only go downhill from there.
2: <laughs>
0: no, don't say that. Uh, well, we got a lot of good guests coming up. Uh, we're booked up through December, I think, with high quality really. Guests. <laughs> wow, <laughs> like Steve Byrne. Like uh, Jacob's doing his job these days, so he's pulling it off. <laughs> I'm I'm really proud of him. Oh, but, good go to j- really two really good episodes for you to go listen to this week go check out that open micers episode and go check out derek's interview with kevin eastman the, you can't get better than that the things are popping off here at, at, at the nerd cave retro uh our our surrounding podcasts that surround the show here everything our podcast off. trinity yeah our our little network we've got going on yeah there. But uh but I I think I'm about done here. What anything else you want to uh drop before we leave this evening? Uh no, I don't think so. Well, think let's go ahead and like I said, don't forget everybody. Go let us know what you want the top 5 list to be because we need some ideas. Go on to the Discord and to do that <laughs> Go to NerdCaveRetro.com. That'll take you to our never-ending Discord link that you can click on. That'll take you to everywhere you need to go. Uh, It'll take you to our uh, uh, Twitter or X, whatever Elon Musk is calling it these days, Facebook, Instagram. And it takes you to our merch shop, which is ncrmerch.com. Over there, you can pick up T-shirts, hats, stickers, magnets, bugs. Bugs. Bags and mugs, I mean. <laughs> and We've been selling a ton of Blaster Master shirts. Or Master Blaster shirts over there lately. So go check that out. We've been selling a ton of those lately. And I don't know why, but we're just selling them. And if you can, please leave us a review and or a five-star rating on all podcasting platforms. And Derek, please, tell them what it's all
1: about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Yeah.